Welcome to our new show, the Amplified Marketing Podcast, where we get into the challenges that content marketers face, and we look at the brands who are already knocking down obstacles and raising the quality of their content with a little something called Amplified Marketing. Makes sense, right? It's what we preach here at Casted, and we have from the very beginning, how to create the most meaningful content and then get the most traction from that content by ringing it out and amplifying it across all channels. These interviews for our first season were recorded as part of a very special event where we officially kickstarted this new approach to content marketing. And we dive into the components of amplified marketing, the strategies that work best, and we reveal just how much of an impact this new approach can have on your business. But we also explore all the ways amplified marketing makes life easier and more efficient for the content marketers out there who like so many of us are struggling to be creative and relevant and cut through the noise. This is where the change begins. I'm Lindsay Chepkema, CEO and co-founder of Casted, the first and the only amplified marketing platform for B2B marketers. And this is our new podcast. Today, I'm talking with Devin Reed. He's the head of content strategy at Gong, which is one of our favorite brands, not to pick favorites, and also one of our favorite content marketing minds to work with. Once upon a time, though, Devin actually worked somewhere else. And it was Gong's blog that actually caught his eye and drew him to the company in the first place. The insights it uncovered were unlike anything anyone else was doing, and it had a unique tone of authority and approachability that really resonated with the audience and with Devin. You know, all the things content marketers are striving for today. So since he actually did go and, and join Gong and where he is now, Devin actually continued to lean into creating um, standout content, but not just in written form. In his special session for our Amplify event, we get into how Gong is using audio and video in really unique and interesting ways, and how Devin uses and reuses content to reach his audience and amplify that content to be where they want to be reached. Plus, among the very amazing things he knows how to do, Devin has a great deal of experience and something casted is literally in the midst of doing right now while you're watching this session. That's category creation. In fact, Gong launched their own category, revenue intelligence, using, wait for it, what do you think I'm gonna say? Amplified marketing. So let's jump in and hear from Devin himself. My name is Devin Reed. I'm the head of content strategy at Gong. Uh, really what that means is I lead the content team that is in charge of brand building and building pipeline, typically top of funnel, mid funnel uh, content. Uh, think sales research, webinars, email marketing, social media, uh, and we help with events as well. Um, kind of fun backstory, I actually started as a sales rep at Gong in 2017 uh, when we were like 40-ish employees. Uh, two years in, moved, literally picked up my desk, well, not the desk itself, but everything on it, uh, walked across the hall and became Gong's sixth marketer where I kind of started, you know, content marketing. And then we kind of built that out into more of a, you know, strategic role and, and scaled the team to, I think, four or five folks today. 
Very cool. I kind of wish the part of the story was that you moved your actual desk. <laughs> if you've seen them, they're these really big, like, uh, standing desks, like with the motor, like as, as strong as I'd love to think I am, there's, there's no way I would be able to do that. All the more reason um, that that would make so. the story even better, Devin. Yeah. It was funny though, because <laughs> it's like in the movies, you see people with the box, you know, and like they get fired or something and they're like, yeah. oh, here's my stuff. And like, I picked it up and I'm like walking across the hall and all the salespeople were like, you know, sh shouting like positive and negative things, kind of teasing me. And then I literally go across the hall, I put it down and I can see all the people, like it's right there. So it was kind of funny, like I didn't get fired, but I'm, I'm over here now to the, to the dark side, as I call it. So. Well, you know, there's a lot of marketers watching this right now and we all think you got promoted. So, um, yeah. <laughs> it's all perception, but no, I'm, I'm happy. I made the, the jump. I know not too many salespeople move into content marketing, but, yeah. uh, it's worked out so far. But man, okay. So we'll have to, um, do an entire, maybe like have you on the podcast and do an entire session on that because the background as a salesperson going into marketing, I mean, obviously it's serving you well now. Um, there's a lot of value there. So, but we're not gonna talk about that now. We're going to talk about Gong and you and the Gong brand because Gong is on fire. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. Like it really is. I mean, there's, you guys are everywhere. You're doing some really cool stuff. It's a cool looking brand. You're saying great things. So tell me how specifically content, um, that's your jam. How has that played a role in building this amazing on fire rocket ship of a brand? Yeah. So I, I give credit to our CEO and our CMO, and not just because they might be listening to this at one time, but, uh, you know, just talking to other marketers, you know, it's like kind of like a lot of times it's really hard to get executive buy-in, right? For like marketing, especially content marketing. It's one of those things where I think a lot of people are on the consumer side and they enjoy content, but not a lot of people, at least yet, are in the executive positions, you know, creating line items and going, yeah, let's give content a big budget. Um, so our CEO used to be a CMO. Our CMO completely believes in brand, the power of content. And so it's been really helpful to have like, you know, leadership at the top saying, yes, this is something we should invest in. Mm -hmm. And a big part of it was to create an audience early on. So our category is revenue intelligence. We can get into that in a little bit. That wasn't always our category, uh, but we're a, you know, vendor in a tech sales space, right? And so that's how a lot of companies are viewed right now as a vendor in this space. Maybe you have one of those little squares and you know, that big landscape image we've all seen where there's like, I don't know, 10,000 marketing or MarTech vendors. So Udi and Amit, our uh, CMO and CEO, really wanted to create an audience and be different. That was a big thing. Udi always says, don't be, uh, you know, different is better than better. And so we weren't trying to be another, you know, blue logoed company. No offense if you have a blue logo, but there's just so many of them out there. We didn't want to sound like everybody else. And when I joined, we already had some pretty good momentum uh, from Chris Orlob, uh, who was our senior director of product marketing, but he did a lot of content marketing. And what him and Amit decided to do was to build a data backed sales blog. Now, the reason behind that was because if you looked at the landscape for content in the sales world, it was oftentimes based on just anecdotal experience, right? I've been in sales for 20 years. Here's what I've seen. I've been in sales for 12 years in you know, uh, financial services. Here's what I learned. And so to be different, they said, hey, let's look at our like database, right? So our product users, people that are... And, really quick background for those who might not know, you know, capturing sales calls, sales emails, sales meetings. Let's take insights from that and provide actionable insights for sales reps and leaders 
And that will be how we'll be different, right? So they, we were blue at first, by the way, we were blue. Uh, but then we moved to purple and pink, right? We've got a bulldog as our, you know, our chat bot on, on Drift. And we're, you know, have a very specific tone that's authoritative, but also approachable because we have like, you know, I think Udi called it pop science, right? It's science, and but it's very approachable, right? We're not doing tons of, you know, in-depth equations on our, you know, customer facing content. It's very digestible. And because of those things, and we can dive into them a little bit more, we very specifically picked a different route than, you know, the, the vendors next to us. So that, again, we could really benefit our audience, stand out, and then start to build these audiences on different platforms, uh, which helps, you know, create the momentum that you, you mentioned today. Yeah. And I think you're getting into it a little bit, but tell me about Gong Labs and how you, yeah. what that is and how you create, how you use that to create content across multiple channels. Yeah. So, so Chris and Amit created this blog, uh, probably four or five years ago now. It was like the first true like content pillar. And so what Gong does as a, as a technology is we capture all these different customer facing interactions that sales and you know customer success people have again, sales, emails, uh, meetings, et cetera. And so because our point of view as a business, the revenue intelligence point of view is sales leaders should be using data, not opinions to drive their business forward. So we're thinking, okay, how can we extend that point of view to our content, right? With the background that I just shared. And so it was, all right, every, I think every two weeks or so, Chris would write this blog that would either confirm things in sales that people had already known, or for the most part, kind of flip things on their head and show things like, hey, here's the optimal talk time for a sales rep on a sales call. No one had ever talked about that. Uh, fun, fun, like anecdotal fact is that's actually the blog that caught my eye when I was at a different company. Uh, I read that blog, thought it was awesome and ended up applying and joining the team. Yeah. See, um, and that's, and that's important to remember. You're not just acquiring new customers, you're acquiring team members and yeah. advisors and investors all the time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so they, they launched that and had been, you know, starting to pick up steam. Um, when I joined a couple, about two and a half years ago, uh, first thing was like, take over that blog, right? So it's like, you know, really successful. And then the next part was like looking at my skill set, right? So Chris, Chris has a great author. He's a really good writer. Um, I like to think I'm good, but I also know that I'm decent on video, right? I can, I can present really well. I was in sales for six years. I'm used to that. So my initial thought was how can I take what's already working and continue doing that, right? Writing, writing the blogs and doing the research but also take that same content that I know is really popular with our audience and turn it into video content. Um, and then later as we'll talk about turning into podcasts because my teaching background knows that, you know, people learn in different ways. Like some people might subscribe to a blog and never listen to a podcast or vice versa. So my thought was how can we take what we know works and put it across different channels and medium uh, to make sure that as many people as possible get access to it. Yeah. And so you're, you're really towing line with, with amplified marketing, at least, you know, yeah. how we, how we coin that term and how, how we define that it's, it's mm -hmm. starting with one thing and ringing it out across multiple channels and then measuring its impact on the brand. Right. So before we get there though, um, what are some of the, the challenges or downfalls or problems with content marketing as we know it, because you're approaching yeah. things and did approach things in a different way. You kind of started, started here and said, how can we use this thing across multiple channels? How can we do this to build an audience? as opposed to, you know, quite often we see things, you know, prioritizing algorithms and how do we increase ranking? Yeah. You kind of got creative first. So tell me, tell me how you've seen different challenges and then we'll get into how you think people can overcome them. 
Sure. I think there's two challenges that, or maybe two things that prevent content marketing teams or efforts and individuals from being successful. Um, the first is, I guess, like a little more philosophical on my part, which is like everything starts with the reader. Like you have to prioritize your audience first. Uh, it drives me crazy when I see product marketing disguised or cloaked as uh, content marketing, right? Which is like, you know, hey, here's 10 ways to boost your productivity. Number one is XYZ. Number two is buy our product, right? And so it's like, that's not really providing value, right? You're putting your, yourself, your company, your product uh, ahead of your audience. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that knowing your audience deeply is the superpower for marketing teams. Obviously, having been a sales rep and then coming over and marketing to salespeople, I totally understand that benefits me in my journey. But it's the only reason I've been, or at least one of the main reasons I've been successful, because if I went to you know, GitHub two and a half years ago and started marketing to developers, I wouldn't have been nearly as successful because I don't understand their pains. I don't know how they talk about their problems and, and so on. So I think one of the big things is like really understanding your audience deeply and then prioritizing them, like ruthlessly prioritizing them, providing value over and over and over again, because what it does is it builds credibility, right? If they see your name, your company name on an email, they're going to open it. If they see that you're hosting an event, they're going to sign up for it because they, they trust you. Absolutely. I think the other big thing for content is just like too high of expectations with too, too low of resources, honestly, and sometimes it lacks focus. And so I think sometimes we look like, hey, we've done, you know, we're doing webinars, we're doing blogs, we're doing podcasts, but like it's not really resulting in much. Uh, a lot of times it's because either one, you're spread too thin, you're not doing any of them really well. Or two, there's no real core content strategy behind the content marketing, right? Content strategy is the what and the why. The content marketing is the how, right? Putting pen to paper and making it effective. So I think if people have a, a strong content strategy that uh, aligns with some of their strategic goals, launching a category can be one of them, uh, then you can really have more effective content marketing. Love it. Love it. Audience first. Approach them strategically. Yep, exactly. Sounds fair. Okay. So speaking of strategy. <laughs> Tell me about um, this category that you created. I mean, this is pretty yeah. meta. So here we are, yeah. casted. We're launching a category, Amplified Marketing. You launched a category. Well, all of Gong. It wasn't just you, but you were Yeah, no, no like way I would even think to take full credit. It's a, it's, <laughs> it truly is a company effort, though. We'll, we'll get into that. But it is a big effort, for sure. Yeah. So what drove that? I mean, I, I say all the time when people, uh, when people ask me what we're doing, I'm like, well, we're, we're creating a category, not because it's fun, although there are elements of it that are definitely fun, but it's definitely yeah. not a reason to do it. And not because it's easy, because man, oh, man, That's not easy. it is the opposite of easy. So what, what drove Gong to do this thing? So it came from Amit Anudi again. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very gracious. I got to work at Gong at this time because it was a it's like a, I don't know how to describe it yet. It's kind of like either a layer of marketing or like the secret, like speakeasy of marketing that not that many people even know about, which is category creation. And so I didn't really know what it was until I kind of got to be a part of like the planning process and hearing from it. And uh, my co-host on the podcast, Sheena Badani was hired to be our category designer. And so uh, if we want to do a sequel with her, she can give you the, the full span as like the point guard on the, on the initiative. But you probably heard of it, you know, you know, like, you know, I don't even know other categories you hear in passing, right? You're reading TechCrunch, you're, hearing, you're, you know, you're seeing the funding announcements, you're familiar with the concept, but understanding the real why behind it's interesting. So the way that Amit kind of shared it um, was basically like, look, you can join a category that already exists today and start competing with number one, number two, number three, number four, right? You're the bottom of the rank, you're the new, the new guy, the new gal, and you have to claw your way up to try to get some market share. 
The other way to do it is to create your own category, which is saying, hey, I'm going to create my own playing field and I'm going to position myself as number one. Now, that alone right there, if you just acknowledge that and you come up with a name and you're like, I'm going to be number one, that's really, really hard. But to say, okay, now let's build it. You'll start to get market signals like people using the name Amplified Marketing, for example, or Revenue Intelligence. Uh, you see folks like, I don't know, partners wanting to, grab you know, they're gravitating towards you. Clients are using it. And so it's kind of like, I don't want to water down to uh, coining a new term, right? But it's kind of like slang, how like slang catches on. Like if you're going to make up a word, you have to get other people to use that word. Otherwise, it doesn't really have much meaning. So it's one of those things where you can have a huge competitive advantage if people view you as, you know, the creator and leader of this new market. Mm -hmm. And on top of all that are able to like, that's the big why. And then like, in order to win, you also have to be compelling and add value and make sense and educate the entire world about something that's net new. Because like you said something earlier, like better isn't better. Different is better. Um, I might've changed that around, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not necessarily all about being a better version of something else. I mean, being, being the, uh, something that's different and solving a problem in a different way. Um, there's a lot of opportunity there and a lot of, a lot of value to be delivered to an audience. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there's, there's a cool book called play bigger. Uh, I think you Lindsay, you told me you read it too. I right? did. Yeah. I think it's behind me. I love that book. If, if anyone wants to read anything on category creation, that's the book I, I send them to. Um, it's But it's phenomenal because there's a lot of data that they do some research to justify, ironically, their point of view. Their, their category creation is kind of category creation. Yeah. Um, so it gets super meta there. Um, yeah. But they show like the financial rewards too of like building this market and being first is like you get like, I think it's like 75% of the market share if you're number one and it's like 12 or 10 or 12, I might be getting the numbers a little wrong if you're number two. Mm -hmm. And so that's what Amit had always said early on, like, don't worry about the competition or what perceived competition is like, stay focused on our point of view, what we're doing, why we're doing it, and just be the best version of that. And if you just build the team around that, build your product around that, uh, it does take a lot of time. It is fun. It is very hard. Uh, but at the end, it's worth it if you can pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's there's a lot of work, especially for marketers, because you're not only building, I mean, you're doing, you're wearing two hats. You're kind of doing two jobs. You're building this brand and this category around or this brand around the category, but also building this brand around the brand, you know, and you're growing yeah. both um, and you're educating around both. So yeah, that's huge. It's huge. So tell us about how Gong used um, revenue intelligence as a category um, to to grow and how how amplified marketing played a role in that um and, and i guess like let's back up from there how did you launch the category like what did that actually yeah. look like we talked about strategy and you know getting strategic and approaching your audience what did that what that look like it's funny because i was so excited for this event to be in person because one of my all-time favorite experiences was our lightning strike event launching revenue intelligence back in 2019 so i was like we this tried will still be awesome we tried. don't get me wrong this will still be amazing um but i just know the energy and like the the vibe is really it's really hard to like, capture so um we did a lightning strike event and we hosted uh the first ever revenue intelligence summit we called it celebrate the revenue intelligence summit back in 2019 and the goal was to throw an industry event that launched and evangelized revenue intelligence, right? So keynote is a meet on stage saying, what is this revenue intelligence thing? Why did we create it? But really, why do you need it? Um, and so that was kind of like what kicked it off. Uh, I was lucky enough to host it, which was super fun. 
And we just got really top level speakers to come and kind of share different angles of like what revenue intelligence is. So it was very thought leadership focused. I don't think there's anything about the product, if, if I can remember correctly, there wasn't like a product demo or anything as part of it. It's very market centric. It's like, why you, the audience, like why you even care about this and then providing a ton of value to condition them early that there's a you know value based relationship there. So it folks like Jeffrey Moore, um, I always forget her name, but she's the chief people officer at Netflix. She's really well known um, to her. We had uh, Steve Kerr, uh, the Warriors coach uh, for any basketball fans. So we had like this really big lineup and some great panels of different speakers. And to launch the content channel, which is where I really, you know, really came into the picture was we took three of those folks, like it was Mark Roberge, uh, XCRO from HubSpot. Um, the woman's whose name I'm really upset that I can't remember right now uh, from Netflix. Uh, Lindsay, I think you're still searching it, which is totally understandable. Uh, and Ed Kalnan, who's our seismic. Oh, sorry, I thought, I thought sorry, your uh, hands go to the keyboard. Uh, and Ed Kalnan from uh, CRO at Seismic. And so we took all those folks had like an on-stage you know, session or keynote or something. And then Sheena afterwards just pulled them aside for like 15 minutes to do a quick interview. And we used those three initial interviews to launch reveal the revenue intelligence podcast, which was like our follow up in the way that we wanted to build content around uh, revenue intelligence and evangelize that point of view. Yeah. Yep. I couldn't find it fast enough. Maybe it's okay. I didn't mean to press you. I thought I saw hands go to the keyboard. So I was like, I did. I love you and then I was like, you know, solving it. <laughs> it's okay. We'll come back and we'll, okay. we'll link, we'll link to it here. So yeah, there we go. Good. But, um, okay. So before before it was amplified marketing, it was, you know, let's take something and get as much um, value out of it as possible. Right. And, you know, I, I was there part of what I casted and amplified marketing exists and, and you were there. And a lot of us, um, you know, over the last few years have tried to do that and say, okay, how can I start with something? How can I go to the subject matter experts? How can I go to the people that my audience is going to be super duper excited to hear from and capture a really like authentic, interesting, engaging conversation or, yeah. or session and yes, present that and have that be, you know, live or in person or what we're doing right now and, and then ring it out and continue to get more value because why in the world would you have this huge lightning strike event, which if you read play bigger, you'll hear all about lightning strike events, which is exactly what this is. Um, and you know, you're trying to, to make a really big explosion and get everybody excited about what you're doing why in the world would you leave it there when you could continue to get more and more and more um, uh, value on, on, as a return on all of that effort that you put into that big yeah. lightning strike. So it's like all of the thunder after the lightning, right? They, that's a really good analogy. Uh, coin that, keep it, send it to play bigger. They might, they might. Get I'll get Imagine Dragons to play. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> but so. what's, what's a good point though, that you brought up. And I think a lot of people in marketing works forget this is like, you have to live the category that you're creating, Like you have to embody it as a, as like an executive, like, you know, as either whether you're a CEO, or I think it has to be the CEO personally, but like at least someone in the C-suite has to like embody this in the market and the mm -hmm. company has to follow suit. So like Gong, like we have to be, you know, super users of revenue intelligence and Gong and, you know, teach the market how we're using it. Uh, same with you all, right? Like you have to be amplified marketing or else other people aren't going to know who to follow and like best practices, what to expect and that sort of thing. And so to your points, like, yeah, if you throw a lightning strike event, you really want to, you know, extend that, that shelf life of that content for a whole year because you're going to need that, that drumbeat you know, month over month to make sure everyone's still hearing that, that same consistent message. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so for you, I mean, it was in 2019, you said? 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and then from there on out, you were able to bring out that content and launch a podcast from it. And then from that podcast, you're still even ringing that out. So you had like lightning yeah. strike and then the amplification of all of that content. And then you have the content that's in the podcast, but some of which is amplified from that yeah. lightning strike and then onward, and you're even more from that. So you've got like amplification on amplification yeah. and tell me, <laughs> tell me what that's been like for you. Yeah. So uh, that's why I was really like thrilled when, you know, you, you shared what Amplified uh, Marketing was going to be. And if I wanted to be a part of it, because I was like, you know, same, same thing I just said, like, I'm like embodying this right now, day to day. This isn't some like, you know, fluffy, cool idea that I'm going to stick to for three months. Like, no, this is how I believe marketing should be done. So one was like the simple like ROI of cost, right? Like it, it costs money to throw an event, host a webinar, even if you're not paying for speakers, if you are paying for speakers, it definitely costs something. So Udi is just great, like, you know, CMO, how are we going to get the most out of these dollars that we're, we're spending? And my other thought is like, I don't know, people think it's kind of lazy for some reason, but there's nothing lazy about repurposing content or redistributing it in efficient. different ways. Like it's efficient. Yeah. And I think, I think honestly, Lindsay, like a lot of, it's more fun to come up with new ideas and build new things all the time. Uh, problem is that doesn't always scale. It doesn't always work. And so it's like, I learned really early, maybe just from not coming from a marketing background was like, if I have gold, I'm going to just keep digging where there's gold. Like I'm not going to try to rebuild, you know, build it and they'll come type of mentality. So, um, yeah. So, so to your point was like, okay, how can we take the lightning strike and make it last? Uh, that's why we picked a podcast and I can go into why we picked a podcast now or, or later if you'd like. Yeah. Um, but the next part is like, yeah, how can we say, you know, for reveal it's, specifically content with senior executives and revenue uh, professionals, right? So it's like you know, CROs, VP sales. So then we started getting to like revenue operations, enablement, a little bit of marketing. And we have other channels that I want to feed content to, to this exact persona, right? And so we're really good at tactical content from, you know, like sales managers and below. And so I'm like, look, I've never been a CRO. No marketer on my team has ever been a VP of sales or anything even near it. But we have every week, 45 minutes of unfiltered, you know, it's expertise that you just package a little, it becomes top leadership, right? So now what we're doing is like for every episode, how can we not just promote the episode, but amplify the value of that episode while promoting it? And also, how can we say, okay, of those 45 minutes, you know, to my social media team, like there's got to be three great takeaways put into a quote card, make a social media post out of it, whatever it is, and filter our social media strategy. So that way we're not just talking to one persona, but we have content for, you know, the executive DMs, the influencers and the end users, which are, which are sales reps. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Imagine <laughs> creating all of those things net new, right? Trying to, if you which think like channel first, right? I mean, if you think yeah. channel first, it's like, how are we going to come up with all this social media content and how are we going to come up with all this blog content? And, oh yeah, now we also have to do a podcast. It's yeah. that's where all of the overwhelm comes from is that it's channel by channel, as opposed to, you know, start with an, an expert or a person or a conversation first, and then ring it out across all those channels. So for what it's worth, we, we had not always been this smart. It took time to get to what I just described. And it was like, I think we, we have a social media strategy. We usually post about 15 to 20 times a week on LinkedIn. Um, trying to write 15 to 20 great social media posts for different personas, for different messaging, some product marketing, some thought, like it's, it's a, it can take a lot of time and it's not that fun. Uh, it's much more, you know, much easier, more fun to have a waterfall from the podcast, a waterfall from a webinar, 
now you've got three to five posts you can write. And then you're like, okay, I can really have some fun, be creative here and fill the gaps versus trying to, you know, I don't know, carry water up the, up the cliff to, to build the waterfall to, to right? over mediocre over example or, or analogy. <laughs> I, I like it. Cause that sounds miserable. Well, and you mentioned something really important. You said the word creative, this allows you to be more creative because you're not constantly trying to think of, of net new, which sounds, sounds backwards. Like thinking of net new sounds like constantly being creative, but instead, what if you had a nugget that you could just think about different ways yeah. to pull it apart and position it and reuse it and repurpose it and get more out of it. Well, if you think about it, like writing one blog a week is probably fun, right? It's only one big idea. You get to do some writing, a little editing, like it's not stressful. But if I say, all right, I need five blogs for me this week. It's not that fun because you have the yoke of like response, you know, expectations and response. That's a lot of work. So you might start cutting corners. You might get burned out after week three, because now you're like, what what else do I write about? And so, yeah, it's, it's like, almost kind of like selective creativity. You know what I mean? Like yeah. let's be efficient where it makes sense to be efficient and let's be creative and have fun where, where those opportunities open up. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned, um, why, why podcast, why did you choose a podcast? Yes. So, uh, really quick, funny backstory. I had pitched Udi a podcast probably two years prior, uh, taking gong labs and making it a podcast with, with Chris and myself. Uh, and he, and it was, it was, uh, it was shut down. And I later learned, I should have known my audience better. Udi doesn't listen to podcasts. So I was shooting up, you know, I was pitching a podcast to someone who just wasn't in the, in the podcast game. Uh, but we did end up doing a, a LinkedIn live uh, show with that content. So I always joke, I'm like, I went from edited, uh, you know, audio content to like live video content somehow. I, despite being in sales, I didn't negotiate that one very well, but it was, it was fun. Uh, yeah, it still worked. It still got a show, still worked great. Ran a couple of seasons. Um, but no, so when then we were talking about, you know, hey, were this lightning strikes coming up? Like, how are we going to not just, you know, the waterfall aspect, but like, how are we going to evangelize revenue intelligence via content for the next 10, 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. And so we did a little bit of research and we said, okay, if our you know core persona, if we had one type of person listening or consuming this content, it would be a CRO or head of sales. I'll put those, you know, same thing. So we interviewed head of sales and CROs. I went to our CRO. I'm like, Brian, I, I need 10 minutes. I'm going to ask you very pointed questions. I want you to give me knee jerk, honest responses what do you hate about content marketing today? Right. <laughs> Similar question you kind of started with today. Um, okay. Ryan, when you do decide to create content, where do you, where are you in your like life? Right. And he's like, well, I'm busy. I'm this is pre pandemic. He's like, I'm traveling a lot. Um, so anything I can put my headphones into and listen to, that's really convenient. Uh, if I'm on the train, I'd love to double dip my time, stuff like that. So like, okay. So like kind of like ease of use is part of it. Um, the other one was uh, length. He's like, make it digestible. So make it something I can kind of get in and get out. I don't need to, you know, uh, commit an hour to. And then the last one was, he had said what I kind of call is like the, the lone, like lonely at the top, which is like, he doesn't have access to a lot of other CROs who have same challenges at a similar type of company. Right. Like of course any, you know, he has his circle of friends. He's got his like, you know, everyone, everyone has like their executive like network, but to really reach outside of that is really challenging. And so we thought, okay, what if we can put, you know, speaking of headphones, we can just listen to it. Uh, we can do an interview style show, getting the best of the best revenue leaders, folks at like Shopify, LinkedIn, uh, Spotify, and really just go deep on one thing that is like a strategic initiative or a really great story that would like provide value to other CROs. 
Uh, so we landed on a you know podcast. We, we tried to get it to like 30-ish minutes. It's still taking us a little time to get it truncated. Um, but you know, we're around that 40, 45 minute mark. It's okay if they don't consume the whole thing. But the goal is like, how can we provide thought leadership that's pure value? And then we slide in a question or two around revenue intelligence, but we don't call it that because most people don't know what it is, right? Even our clients, like we've been with us for two years. We're like, so how do you use revenue intelligence today? And they're like, I don't know what that is. And so we would change it to like, you know, you know, hey, Lindsay, like you just told me about, you know, I don't know, uh, customer marketing campaign. I don't know, not the best example. How do you measure that today? What are some of the, you know, insights that you've gleaned or, you know, some of the things you thought were true, and then you looked at data and realized actually something else is happening in my market, in my business, et cetera. And so it's kind of going a level deeper, asking almost like revenue intelligence discovery questions. And so that way, when we leave, we have two things. One, Hopefully the listener is getting value from the thought leadership and also educated on what revenue intelligence is. But two, in the same way, I now have waterfall content for pure thought leadership and I can evangelize what revenue intelligence is because, hey, here's the North American VP of sales at Spotify saying, here's essentially how I use revenue intelligence for my business, right? So it's a very thin veil, but it works, works really well. Yeah, it does. It's very, it's very clear and it's very straightforward and it's engaging. And so I'm guessing, I'm thinking you probably had some good results. Anything, anything yeah. that you've seen come through as a result? Uh, yeah, we've had two good things. So I don't know if in the podcast game, the data is hard to come by. So ironically, despite being so data focused, you know, Spotify is an apples of the world. They don't, uh, they don't give us much, which is, you know, shameless plug. Why we, why we moved over to cast it, or at least part of it was like, try to get some insight here and some help on the distribution. So um, we got to a hundred thousand listener downloads in the first like 18 months. I, we're not Joe Rogan. So I have no clue like what benchmark that is, but hundred K felt, felt nice when we, we hit it. Um, the other thing was, uh, and we can dive into the how if we want, but like I set up a bit of a test strategy to try to get prospects onto reveal. So once we were about a year in, we're like, okay, we kind of, you know, we have our bearings, you know, how we're distributing, like we feel pretty good. I wanted to see how we could help our upmarket revenue efforts. You know, we're trying to move up market. And so how can we get enterprise uh, prospects to who probably won't take a meeting or, you know, really hard to get a response from, maybe we can introduce them to Gong by just getting them on the podcast. And so we were able to do that with a, a VP of sales, had a great conversation with her. And one of those like revenue intelligence, you know, discovery questions we slipped in there. And she basically said like, you know, Hey, the most valuable thing to me is voice of the customer. Mm -hmm. um, and so I said, fantastic. Right. So we wrap it up, we publish it a couple of weeks later, I upload that, that uh, interview into gong. And so it's transcribed and you can hear, see the whole thing. I tagged the SDR right at that point. And I was like, here's your ammo to go reach out to them and say why they need gong. Mm -hmm. uh, so she did. So they got an initial meeting, you know, it took a few months because it was an enterprise deal. Uh, but ended up closing uh, closing over $100,000 in revenue sourced from, from the podcast, which was, you know, very cool. Didn't show up on any dashboard. I just showed like, you know, showed some receipts and, and stuff to leadership just so they could get an understanding like, hey, this isn't just a top of funnel brand awareness category uh, evangelical play. Like you can get real revenue uh, out of your podcast if you know how to do it. Yeah, it can be both because you're serving your audience first. I'm sure it was an awesome interview exactly. first and foremost, but then it's like, also, here you go, sales team. Yeah. So. yeah, that's great. And you can also use that to prospect outward, you know, to other, you know, VPs yeah. of sales at this, you know, people post about it all the time or have it in their description, what they care about. After you've ran 10 to 20 episodes of your podcast, if you assume you do kind of the interview style, 
you're going to have a lot of clips of people saying what you want them to say, but it's not forced, right? And it's not like overly yeah. polished. So you can use that and use that for prospecting, outbound messaging, tons of stuff. It's wonderful. It's awesome. Well, great. Well, in, in conclusion, is there anything that you would share with our audience today about, or, or even me, about category creation and uh, leveraging amplified marketing to, to make the most of, of a big launch. Yeah, deep, deep breath, because it's like, I, I feel like I shared a lot and I'm like, it's such a it's such a dense thing, but I would say, you know, if you're considering launching a category, um, just make sure you have a long-term vision for it and make sure, like I kind of mentioned earlier, you embody it as a company and you have an executive, you know, sponsor for it. Um, for amplified marketing, it's much easier, like start yesterday. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because of like the form we're in today, like it's gotten to the point on my team where every, every content marketer on my team has a playbook for their domain. So they know, Hey, if I host a webinar, here's the follow-up things we're doing to get the most out of this. Um, and so I would say, you know, if you're trying to launch new, you know, maybe you're starting a webinar series for the first time, or if you're starting, you know, social media, you're getting, you know, want to take a stab at LinkedIn, for example, look at what you're already doing today and, and amplify that for these new channels and new projects before trying to come up with something net new. Uh, it'll save you a lot of time, potentially a lot of heartache. And I think you'll have better results because well, candidly it's uh, worked for us. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing so candidly um, sure. here and for um, being a part of, of uh, this big launch on our side and congrats on yours. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. show. Thanks so much for being here. And to learn more about Gong and the insights that Devin shared with us today, make sure to visit gong.io and check out Reveal, the Revenue Intelligence Podcast. To learn more about Casted and how we can help you, visit casted.us and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to be the first to find out about all things amplified marketing, B2B podcasting, audio and video content, and so much more.